Welcome to the Impact Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Andy James. I've put this podcast out here to provide support, guidance, and insight through real-life experience that I've learned so that you can impact your life through my lessons. This is raw guidance that will help you evolve your body, brain, business, or career. My purpose is to help you build, grow, and evolve into the best version of yourself to live a healthy, wealthy, fulfilled life. Welcome to this episode. Enjoy. So what I want to talk to you about today has been brewing for a while. And there's a little bit, if not a lot of stigma attached to the back end of this. And this is about hormones, sort of from your maybe 30s, mid 30s onwards, and how this may be having an effect on you now, impacting your future, what you maybe want to be considering, and also just trying to squash this stigma that is around hormones and later on in life. So first thing I want to say is by me putting this piece of information out, this is about raising awareness for you so that you can be more understanding of what to either expect or know that you're going through something that you aren't alone because there are more people out there. The more people that I speak to regarding hormones in life, the more are coming out of the woodworks and saying that there isn't enough support, there isn't enough of a community, and there isn't enough general knowledge going around that helps people feel normal about what's going on. So I've got a few things listed in front of me that I'm going to run through because there are some specifics that I would like to cover. um, But the outcome of this is really to squash the stigma around hormones, maybe hormone replacement, and just like how you physically feel later on in life. This is very relevant to me. So A little bit of a backstory. Um, I have spoken about this on multiple platforms, but I want to give you kind of everything that I physically can in one nutshell so that we can hopefully move forwards. And what I can keep bringing you is going to be an advancement on where we're currently at. So my entire life, this may be you as well. So this would be worth listening to. My entire life, I've looked after myself. I've generally had a good understanding. I left school and went straight into sports qualifications. um, And my future was supposed to be going down the route of uh, an NFL coach scholarship. Now, because I had a knee injury, I wasn't able to bear the loads from the testing perspective, the requirements that was needed to get into the scholarship. So I had to kind of abort that process and my qualifications basically became a hobby and a love of just keeping my body in good condition. And when I say in good condition, I'm not talking elite level athlete. I'm talking probably advanced everyday type of person. I like to know that I can run up a flight of stairs and I'm not going to get out of breath. I like to know that I can you know, sprint down the street to maybe catch a bus at the time when I was in my younger youth. And I knew that I was not going to miss the bus because I could sprint well enough. And it was just carrying a decent amount of muscle mass. There wasn't any kind of bodybuilding approach. There wasn't any kind of strength building approach. It was just about moving weight and just being functional with my body. So I looked after myself my entire adult life. And only to the point where I had a mental health breakdown, fitness then became the root of what I would use to focus and become my anchor again to help me move forwards. Now, this is what Impact Evolution was built on. So I built Impact Evolution on the back end of people taking, um, they were watching what I was doing and wanting a piece of it, knowing what it was that I was doing, how I was turning sort of anxiety and things that were crippling 
me in turning them into, say, a superpower to be able to move forward with. And this then developed into a career as well. So I became, I'm very business orientated. I've been in business since I was 18 years old. All my life, I've been self-employed and I've always had a driving factor in me. I've been very motivated, very driven, very purposeful in everything that I've done my entire life. And going through my 20s and early 30s, well, going through my 20s, we'll start there first. uh, There was a point in life where I was very, very stressed, very, very, there's a lot of life things that was rattling the cage at that point. And it got to a point where I ended up having a mental health breakdown. And the mental health breakdown was the trigger for me to be able to say, if something doesn't change, me being here at that point might be the change. So I battled with a crisis team. I battled with self-harm. So I'm just going to pre-warn you, there may be some things that I talk about in this that might be a little bit alarming, that might be a little bit triggering, but this is my life. This is my reality. And I will not sugarcoat this in any way, shape or form because I am unapologetically who I am because of what I've been through. So I will not sugarcoat this in a way where I, I need people to listen because people need to listen because they need to know what they're, where they're at and what they're physically capable of doing to overcome this. And if you don't know how to, please reach out to me. But I went through a mental health battle that was probably, it was life-threatening, you know, multiple times is the reality. And by doing so, I obviously kind of triggered this tsunami of mental health complications um, I don't want to call them illnesses because or I don't like the term illnesses because I feel like it's very branding and very labeling. And it is just who I am. I still deal with a lot of these things every single day now from social anxiety to panic and anxiety disorder, mood and personality disorder. Like there's, there's things, there's always things. So at 30, I said to myself, this is me. This is not me. This is not the life that I was supposed to be put on this planet for, but I did not have a slightest clue what I was supposed to be doing or where I was supposed to be going. All I knew was I didn't want to be the reason why my son had a 75% higher chance of doing something upsetting, we're going to say, with his life, because that is the statistic that I was given from a GP if a parent goes down the route of self-harm stroke suicide, it has that knock-on effect with children and it becomes kind of an acceptable way out. And that was not what I was setting the tone for. I am not setting that kind of standard in my life and neither should anybody else. So 30 years old, I had a conversation. In fact, two weeks before my 30th, I had a conversation with myself staring into the mirror. And I remember to this day, I look very different looking in the mirror now. Um, I had a, well, I had about six months of uncut hair back then because of social anxiety and agoraphobia. But I had a conversation with myself in this mirror, and it was just knowing that I was, I was supposed to be doing more with life than what I was confined to in this room doing. So I turned the tables on this, and I used fitness as an anchor to bring me back into good health. So people started to see what I was doing, started to want a piece of what was going on. And this is what I built the back of Impact Evolution on. Now, all of this being said, I told you at the very beginning of this, I've looked after myself my entire life. I've only ever been in a place of, I'd say, unill health 
when I was on vast amounts of medication for my mental health. Now, the side effects were that there was weight gain, et cetera, et cetera, because there was beta blockers and all sorts that I was on at the time. And I didn't obviously like the way that I was physically feeling, not just from uh, how I look, but just physically feeling. It was detached from this planet. I was absolutely spaced out. And I didn't like that sense of not feeling who I was supposed to be. So I started to take action. I started to do simple things. And it was not so much getting rid of, but learning to work around what these mental restrictions were. So things like agoraphobia, um, that's being confined to a, a singular like space and room. And I had to overcome this. And this took months and months and months from taking one step down the stairs at a time to then trying to get out the front door, down the driveway, to the end of the street, walking to the gym. Everything was progressive. And it took me, I think it was close to three months from leaving the bedroom to getting to the gym doors. It took me three months to get to that point because of the distance that I have to keep going forwards and backwards to keep covering. All of those things were steps in progress. And I think that's where my my durability in being able to say that I can overcome anything that any obstacle that's put in front of me, I will overcome it because I know I only have to take one step further than I took previously to make a difference. And that was because I have physically lived through what progression looks like. I know what it feels like and I know that it's a slow process and I know that it takes time. But I did this untoward and I did this without question at times because I knew that there was more for me to be able to work forwards with. I knew that there was more for me in life in itself. So I got to late 30s and I'd been doing all of these things, especially throughout my 30s where I'd got into heavily into uh, mindset and habit like reconstructing. And I also got into uh, nutrition on a much deeper level, um, going through two or three, I think it was three different nutrition qualifications at the time as well as well as then just extending knowledge on all of the sports science things that obviously I qualified in uh, earlier on in life as well. So all of these things in themselves started to really push advancements in what it was that I was doing. And it just allowed me to become a much better version of myself. And this is what inevitably became the elite mentorship now that I run inside of Impact Evolution. Now, the thing is, and this is, the, this is where the... Uh, the caveat comes in. So I'd done all these things all my life to look after myself. I'd got to a point where I've been the fittest, the strongest, the leanest, the most muscular. I've been all of these different aspects of what health looks like to different people at different times. And I would say when I turned 38, I started to notice a little bit of a difference in who I am as a person. Now, I got to around about 38 and I started to feel like some of these mental health things that I'd been battling with in the past were starting to kind of creep back in again. And what would kind of look like mental health relapses were, that's what I was facing at the time. I was questioning why was I feeling anxious about things? Why was my mood starting to become decreased and feel quite low? Like I was having to give a lot of time and attention to pick my mood back up. I was having to pay much more attention to the environment that I was setting myself up in. And this is when I started to get really, really heavily invested in higher level mentorships with other coaches. And these weren't, this isn't just business coaches. I've had business coaches, mindset coaches, I've had mentors of all different types. And I've invested 
a lot of money into those areas to become a better version of myself. And I have done, but there was still something missing after every single time I'd worked with somebody and I could not put my finger on it. And I got to a point where all of this stuff that I was doing just wasn't giving me back what it was previously when everything was feeling like it was quite, you know, in momentum. So fast forward about 18 months and I'd been struggling with the same kind of symptoms in pretty much a, a, a cycle type process. You know, they'd come, they'd go, you'd do some work on them, you'd suppress them for a bit longer, you'd feel good again. And the, the only thing that I would say that wasn't changing drastically was how I was physically seeing results in my training side of things. So I was training harder than what I've probably ever trained before in the past. I was eating very, very well. I always have done. I've always been mindful of food that I'm eating. Always try to approach it from an understanding that I enjoy food, but I don't abuse food. And I was also doing all of these additional bits, like making sure that my supplementation was on point, making sure that my rest and recovery was good. Just being very planned and organized and being an adult about myself and my own priorities. But none of them were really having that fulfillment that you feel when you are on your A game. You know, when you're sort of feel like you or you're ticking all the boxes and you're succeeding moving forwards and you get that kind of return on life, that unspoken feeling that most people, this is what we do this for. It's kind of that chase, you know, when you feel like you're chasing something down and it's kind of exciting and it's rewarding feels beneficial, feels you full of confidence. That was missing. And it's not like me personally to feel that way because I'm I'm quite a simplistic approach type of person. I'm not materialistically driven. I'm not egotistical in a way where I feel like I'm further advanced than anybody else. I'm just very self-aware. And the self-awareness because of the, let's say the mental health obstacles, because I've become very self-aware over the past seven to eight years going through all of the progressions after the mental health battle, it was making me reflect internally thinking something just doesn't feel 100% and I don't know what it is. Do I need to go back to speak to a medical professional about maybe going back on some kind of antidepressant? And I was really, really reluctant to do this because I've done so much work over the years to not find myself in that type of position again. And I did not for a second want to think that that was potentially going to be a future that I was going to be living out. So I was about to turn 40. This was last summer. And there was just this, there was this alarm bell that was kind of like ringing inside of me saying, you know, you can see what you see in the mirror and it's not anywhere near what you would say is your best. Your strength slowly decreasing your drive to be able to push the way that you used to be able to is diminishing quite quickly. The mood that you're always in is maybe like just off from being, you know, feeling good most of the time. It's kind of, I'll accept what the day throws at me and just do the best that I can with it. All of these things are not me. These are not the qualities of me that I know. Now, when I turned 40, I thought, I don't know what it was. And this is the prompt, one of the prompts that I want you to take away from this is 
There is never a time in your life where you do not need to know what is going on on the inside of your body. You should always know what is going on on the inside of your body. But the problem with this is the access that we have to this kind of, it's very medical. So, and it's also a procedure that a lot of people don't want to get involved with. They don't have the understanding or the education. So I started to begin to want to feel like I was going to talk to a GP about maybe getting some bloods done. And um, this is not a process that I've ever gone down before in the past. And lo and behold, I turned 40 and two weeks later, I got a text message from the GP saying, um, <laughs> it's that midlife MOT thing. And I was like, hmm, if this is not a, a sign from somewhere saying, and they go and do something about what it is that you're feeling on the inside, because this is a prompt to say move and don't sit around with this any longer. So I didn't actually go to the GP. Because I've I've worked with GPs as clients for many years, and this isn't a knock on the NHS system at all. This was more of a case of process that I wanted answers quickly, and I wanted unbiased answers. I wanted to be able to look at information and then be able to take that away from myself and actually study and research and break it down so I had a comprehensive understanding of what was going on. Which again, like everything else that I've done in the past, this was pushing me into the realms of understanding health on a level that I never anticipated getting into when I built Impact Evolution. Impact Evolution originally was built because of mindset, habit, fitness, and nutrition. All the things that are primary drivers to get us feeling as good as possible with results in our health, within our life, within our careers, within our relationships, being a better person. The thing is, nobody was telling me that when you get to a certain age, there are things that are out of your control, regardless of how well you've looked after yourself, that you need to be aware of. And this is now is what's pushed. There's a side of impact evolution now, especially inside of the elite mentorship, where we do look at these things on a much deeper level. And this is because it's an experience that I'm living through right now that I know this isn't going to be the only experience that I have come across. Everybody else, most people of my age or higher, you know, sort of a slightly older generation, will have gone through this process at some point. So it's important that people know about this. And this is why I wanted to put this one out here as well, was because this kind of information needs to be accessible for everybody to understand that there is going to be a point in life where you will feel different. And whether that be, I'm having conversations with people that are just turning 30 and they're feeling the same, exactly the same symptoms as to what I'm feeling, a, a depersonalization from themselves, a lack of lust for life, a lack of motivation, they're fatigued, they're tired, they're brain fogged, mentally cloudy, they're just not driven, they're losing muscle mass, like all of these things are things that people are going through in silence right now. And, and I'm not one to sit with any kind of silence around anything that holds people back. This is why I've always been outspoken about mental health, about the things that I've struggled with. And this is now another phase that I'm going to start speaking out about to help people move forward and understand what it is that they may be going through and just shine some light in dark places. So things that I want to be able to talk to you about just briefly in this are is a lot of it comes down to the ethical scenario is knowing what's going on on the inside of your body. It's that whole, am I, about, am I about to open a can of worms here and I don't know what's going on and I'm going to be told something that I don't want to hear about. There's part of you that becomes ignorant to wanting to know. 
but you have to overcome that because you have to know what's going on internally. Even if you feel slightly off, you just know that you're not feeling you how you want to be feeling. That is a clear indicator to know what's going on on the inside of your body. And even if everything comes back perfectly fine, if you're if you get an entire panel of bloods done and your your vitamin count comes back fine or your hormone count comes back fine, everything comes back okay, that's fine. You don't need to worry about what's going on internally because chances are it's an external factor like stress or uh, relationship or just environmental. There's other factors that could be impacting the way that you physically feel. But if you don't know and you need to, start with getting some blood work done. There are private companies out there. I've used two now, two different private companies, as well as going through my GP through a referral from a private company because I needed to have more blood done. So the whole process that I went through in itself was just to be able to go, well, I want to know what was going on internally. Originally, it started out with dietary intolerances and allergens because there was something going on with my food that was making me feel slightly off. I wasn't digesting it. I was getting acid reflux. I've had it for years. There was just things that I wanted to know that was going on. And this is kind of what went, led me down the rabbit hole of how the insides of our bodies are functioning. I've, like I say, looked after myself my entire life. I've never really considered myself having to eliminate any kind of food. Everything's always been on the table, but there were certain things that I'd noticed maybe over the last five to six years that were giving me more aggravation with my gut, with how I was digesting foods, and I wanted to know and understand a bit more about it. So I originally got intolerances and allergens tested first. This then led me on to thinking, well, that came back with some massive red flags. And I thought everything was okay. So maybe I need to know more about what's actually going on on the inside of my body now, like from a health perspective. So then I ran a panel of bloods and had male hormones tested, thyroid, et cetera, et cetera. And when I had all these done, there was an element of worry in a couple of areas. One of them, my cholesterol. And you wouldn't think this from somebody that was, I'm relatively lean. I'm never sort of like stage ready lean because that's not a place that I enjoy being. I have been there once in my life and just don't enjoy being in that place. But I'm never one that carries excess body fat. And how I came back with high cholesterol, I was so confused about. And then the next test came back and it was low testosterone. Well, a byproduct of having low testosterone is higher cholesterol. So without getting into the sciences behind things, one thing was impacting the other and therefore it was having a negative effect on everything. So now I had this diagnosis of low testosterone. So my hormones were defective. I was high in cholesterol, which was just physically making me feel just generally unhealthy. Where do you stop? And the first thing that stopped was panic. I'm not going to lie. I'm I was worried to a point where I was thinking, how can I have looked after myself all my life and my body's not working effectively? I've done everything to try and avoid this kind of situation. I always said to myself, I want to be that 60-year-old guy in the corner of a gym with a massive gray beard, which I'm nearly there with, no hair, deadlifting 250 kilos. I cannot tell you the last time I remember deadlifting 250 kilos, and I could, but I was struggling with... 200 kilos, 190 kilos. And I was getting muscles thrown out, impingements in my lumbar, my sacroiliac joint was playing up. Like 
all of these things were a massive factor. And I'm like, why is my strength decreasing? Like this was a, a sign when I was like 20, sorry, 38 years old. So all of these knock-on effects were starting to have a massive impact on what was going on. Then I got the diagnosis and I was like, right, okay, I need to understand what's going on. Now there's a big stigma around hormones. Um, one of, the, one of the biggest things that I've discovered is the availability in the sense of treatment from HRT to TRT. So HRT is pretty much readily acceptable. TRT is, let's just say, and I'm putting this out, at, I'm gonna, we're in May of 2023 right now. If anything changes, and I pray that it does in the future. But right now at this point, TRT support is absolutely diabolical. And the help that anybody is receiving around this that is struggling from every conversation that I've had, and I've had a lot of conversations with people at this point, nobody has had the support that they need. Everybody has been palmed off, pushed aside, including myself. So this is, and I told you a a minute ago that I went through the GP to have blood work done. So I went private the first two times. The blood work came back consistently, low hormones. I went to the GP. I had them done the first time at the GP. They came back again, low hormones. I went back to the GP for the second time. Had blood done again the second time. They came back low. I was then at that point expecting advancement. No. Silence. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I question, what's going on? Nothing. We don't feel like you need treatment. But my hormones are low, and I've told you already that all of these these implications are having an impact on my general well-being. So they're having mental health, what feels like mental health relapses. So I I can't continue to live like this. You're 40 years old, make some dietary changes, make some lifestyle changes. I'm like, is that all you're going to tell me? Is that as much support as I'm going to get is... Don't you think I've already done all this? And I had, I'm on medical dose zinc and magnesium. I've increased my sleep to 7.25 to 7.5 hours per night. I am, I am religious with my bedtime routine. So I make sure I try and get as close to that seven and a bit hours sleep every single night. I don't falter on the routine. I don't schedule in social events where it alters the sleep patterns. I try to keep my stress managed the best that I can. I have done everything that I can to try and improve what is going on and nothing was getting better. And when you get that whole, we're going to do nothing because you're 40 years old, you've got plenty of life left in front of you. You can figure, you know, you'll, 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 you'll be okay. No, I'm sorry. That is unacceptable. And also for anybody that is feeling, dealing or having to go through this, you should be thinking the same too. There are options out there, but again, the the options are maybe not accessible for everybody because they get very expensive. They they are very expensive and they become less accessible to the wider range simply because there just isn't the support behind it. So with HRT, it is readily available through NHS. It is pretty much click a finger, HRT, yep. You know, we're going down that route. You try and get any kind of testosterone replacement therapy going. Non-existent. It's either offered 
probably with the wrong wrong context in mind as to why, but more so around the fact that there's just lack of understanding behind every conversation that I've had with any medical professional that has been trying to deal with testosterone hormone deficiency and the outcome of this. So there is a stigma around all of this because HRT and TRT look very different in the sense of how you have to go about managing both scenarios. The most, this is where the big deep breath, me thinking about words comes into play because I want to make sure that I'm talking about things that you can help, that helps you understand what's going on. TRT, HRT is usually a patch, hormonal patch placed on the body and it absorbs through the skin, etc. TRT is very different. There are different ways of administering through gels, pills, and then injectables. Now, with HRT and the absorption of HRT, it is very different in the sense of how it is administered. It's, it's not very invasive. So that's what makes it a lot easier to access, which is why it becomes a cheaper resource and an easier to manage process. Now, obviously, there are other risks factors that come involved with HRT, as, as there are with any kind of hormone treatment. So make sure that you know that you're going into it with all of the information, which I am still studying now, three, four months after diagnosis. I am still trying to make informed choices as to what I do going forwards. So with TRT, the gels are transferable through contact. So basically, if you've got a partner or if you're in contact with other people, it matters where the gels are placed because if it, if it comes into contact with another person, say, say if I go and give my son a hug and he, he comes into contact with it, that, that gel, that t- testosterone gel is going to be absorbed into his bloodstream as well, therefore creating another problem that's out so i'm responsible for that that i didn't want to be putting any kind of situation now with pills they're short term because they do have damaging effects on body body organs so your internal organs do not like going through the pill process so the only other option and this is going through numerous clinics and numerous approaches trying to be able to understand what the options are was an injectable route now there's microdosing, there's just like a regular dosing process. There's so many different things and it becomes very, very daunting because I see it as I see injectables as a very intrusive way of having to deal with something. And I've got tattoos and I'm not an inject I've never ever been anywhere near any kind of injectable type thing in my entire life. So this is where the stigma thing becomes very, very real for me. And this is what I want to I want to kind of wrap up at this point with opening your eyes as to what stigma really is, options that you do have. Now, the options that you do have, there are numerous. With HRT, it's a little bit more straightforward and it's a bit more readily accessible. With TRT, it's pretty much non-existent. The support to try and get to know even where you're at is very, very hard. And if you're going going to go down a managed, like a managed route, it's going to be get very it's going to get very expensive. So if you're going to go through a male health clinic, um, you will be looking in the thousands to manage hormone replacement. And you've got to consider that this is for the rest of your life. This isn't something that you pick up for three months and then let go again because, you know, it's it was okay at the time and I had the time to focus on this. This is a life 
a, a life like what you've got left commitment that's a lot of money to put to one side if you think about you've got to do this for the next 40 30 40 50 years depending upon where you're at so you need to make some informed choices for yourself you either have to live with what's going on which low hormone count will impact everything else that you're doing in life down to the levels of enjoyment, down to what your body's internally, what it's actually going on internally, because it will start to have a negative effect on your your, met, your metabolism, your metabolic rates, so how the body functions. Homeostasis will be going kind of a little bit crazy, so how the body's equally and effectively balanced. All of these things become a factor. So you should be looking at some kind of therapy, depending on what that is, or lifestyle adjustments to try and improve the situation that is currently going on. How this looks, it's not straight, it's not as straightforward as a HRT patch. And I'm sorry to say this because this is the reality that I'm facing right now. There are cards on the table that I want to fully understand each and every single one of them to the best of that I can, and then make informed choices because this is my life, my health, and quality of life that I'm dealing with. And it is not something to be taken lightly at all. And this is how I would look at. Uh, we go through looking at clients' blood work and sort of discussing to these kinds of levels, options, things that are available. The support system that you would get is fully in to the extent of what I would physically expect because I'm going through this too. Where I'm at with this is the stigma around hormone replacement therapy looks like steroids. And if you said to somebody, Oh, you're taking steroids. You're in the gym. You, it's a completely different thing. Hormone replacement therapy to testosterone replacement therapy is completely different to steroid abuse. Steroid abuse is going down that bodybuilding route of using anabolics, using PED, so performance enhancing drugs to enhance beyond physical natural capability. If you're on a hormone replacement therapy, you're bringing your levels back to normal levels, which is what your body can now not sustain. The approach in the sense of stigma, you have to reframe. And I've had to go through this myself because knowing that I need to be on a testosterone replacement therapy, i.e. steroid, this would mean that my entire reframe mentally of how I'm optimizing my health has to shift away from you're on steroids to you're optimizing your hormones to the best of your natural capability and how your body would naturally function. The difference between the two are two worlds apart. The results between the two are two worlds apart. One is giving a quality of life back to a person that has suffered and is suffering and there is no let up because it doesn't reverse itself. You don't get normal levels back when you've got abnormal levels. It just doesn't happen that way. You have to go down a route of substitution. Whereas steroid abuse, so bodybuilding, etc., like using performance enhancing drugs, they are all an option. They are all a choice. It's something that somebody would choose to get into knowing the side effects, the repercussions, and they're also potentially more than likely damaging their long-term health for what may be an aesthetic gain. So what this looks like in the sense of stigma is a huge mental reframe. And I want to normalize what this looks like. 
hormone replacement therapy is not in any way, shape, or form steroid abuse. Whether it be going through a HRT or a TRT process, it is not an abuse on hormone replacement. Therefore, taking the body to a level that is unnatural through substance use. What you are doing is getting your levels back to being optimized so that your quality of life, what you expect your body to be doing in the sense of how it's storing body fat, how, how energetic you feel, how you're, you're able to build muscle tissue, lose body fat, um, just be, be balanced more generally and also then give you some mental clarity back too. That is completely different. And that is the stigma that I want to be able to separate from a world where you may feel like you're living in the shadows now and you're not. More and more people that I talk to are becoming more and more outspoken about what life looks like with low hormones. And I think because of the day and age that we're at now with speed and convenience, it's very, very easy to get a read on where your blood levels are at. So you can just go, right, I know where I'm at hormonally. And stay on top of this. Do at least try and do this once a year, just so that you've got some kind of paperwork and you can look back and say, whoa, last year, even if you don't understand all the readings, you can look back last year and go, well, my testosterone was this and now it's this. And then a year later, it's it's even, it's another 100 points lower. Now you're starting to understand that things are changing and you can be in front of things that are about to happen. I never had that. I never had the be aware of what's going on. I wish I would I wish I was taking bloods every single year my entire life, just simply so I can know what's going on internally with my body, how my hormones are balanced, how my nutrients are balanced, um, how my body's sort of metabolically reacting and responding. Just this would have given me a lot more information to be able to work from. I now think there is a possibility that a lot of my mental health was impacted back then by low testosterone levels, even in my early 30s because there is an element that this could be true too. So don't go undiagnosed. Don't go feeling like you don't know what's going on. You only inside of your body. It's your right to know what's going on inside of it. So make sure that you take precautions. Make sure that you take those steps to know what is going on on a regular basis and have somebody review this. This is why coaches exist. There is no AI out there that's going to tell you what a, a physical living being can speak to you about and say, actually, you know what? I, I can completely and totally feel you on what you're going through today. This absolutely resonates with me 110% because I was there with, with you last week. I felt what you were going through last week. So I'm going to be here for you this week. You cannot get that anywhere else from unless you get one-on-one -on -one support. And that in itself, you cannot put a price on. That one-on-one -on -one support should extend way beyond the realms of, if you're especially if you're mid-30s upwards and you're sort of going through any kind of life adjustments, your fitness, your nutrition is surface level when it comes to health. Get a level deeper, go into your mindset and your habits, go a level deeper, go into your hormones and blood profiling. All of this in itself shows you where you're really at in life and how you're living life in itself. So the support we've covered, we've talked about being open around about what HRT is, what TRT is, the stigma and trying to remove the stigma around this. We've spoken about what is the right thing to do ethically because you have a choice to make. And this isn't just an in the moment choice, but this is also a lifelong or a rest of your life kind of choice. All of these things in themselves are things that I would say, take a little bit of time to sit and think about. 
don't push this off or put this off to a point where you feel like I'm having to make these decisions based on being in the shadows. They make me feel uncomfortable. So therefore, because I feel uncomfortable about them, I'm not going to make the decisions that's beneficial for me because there's maybe a stigma around this or there's maybe uh, there's an acceptance issue around I don't want to be accepting that my body is at a phase of in regression. It's decreasing in its ability to be able to do things. I didn't want to accept this either. I've done everything that I physically could my entire life to be, especially from 30 onwards, like coming outside of the mental health thing and getting into just being a better human being. That in itself has been my entire focus for 10 years now. And to be delivered this blow at that point to go, well, everything that you've done didn't give you everything that it should have. This was one of the avoidances that I wanted to try and preempt because I felt like I had the access to the knowledge that was needed to get me ahead of what was going on. Well, more for me, because this happens to everybody. There is a stage in life where this happens to everybody. And this might be in your 30s. It might be in your 40s. It might be in your 50s. It might be in your 60s. But at some point in your life, what we're talking about right now will impact you, whether it is or it's going to. What I want you to remember, whether this is now or in five or 10 years time, is if you don't have a support for what it is that you're going through, my door is always open. I am always going to be here. What I am building is going to be a legacy, and I will make sure that I'm stood still in five, 10, 15 years time, still building elite level people so that everybody can live the life that they deserve to be fulfilled and be enjoying of at the highest level possible, whether that be in your personal life, your business life, your career, your health, whatever that may be. I am dedicated to building elite level people. And for that to happen, I will overcome every single obstacle that I have to, to build what it has to be, to be become that thing. Also, just another thing, if your hormones are low, you will struggle with speech at time because you can hear this with me. I've been struggling a lot recently because I've had the flu recently and it's taken a bit of a batting on my mental and physical well-being. So therefore my immune system's down, therefore everything else gets impacted. So I'm going to round out here. I hope you can take something away from this and say, Andy, you've opened my eyes. Andy, you've given me something to think about. If there's a level of support that is needed, I'm here send me a message. I will give you, you can contact me on an email address. So coach.andy.james at gmail.com. You can contact me there. You can drop onto my website, www.impactevolution.co.uk. You can contact me on pretty much every social media platform that there is under at Coach Andy James, all of them. You can find me anywhere under Coach Andy James. I am accessible to you at the reach of your phone, which lives in your pocket, which you are probably listening to this on right now. That being said, you do not have to feel like you're alone in this at all. You do not have to feel like this is a male or female or only one or the other approach. It is not. This is for anybody and everybody. If you feel like there is not an option for you going forward right now to be just a better individual of asking more from life in itself, you need to drop me a message and we need to have a chat because there is more out there for you. We just need to know how we unlock that potential and I can help you move forward with that. 
Have an awesome day, no matter where you are right now, what you're doing or how you're consuming this. Make sure that you're consuming it in a way where it's going to be impactful. Speak to you soon. Have an awesome day. Take care. If you're still here at this point, thank you. I appreciate your support and I hope you got some value from this podcast. If you did, we grow by word of mouth. So sharing this podcast with a friend or to your social media profile would be a huge honor. Thanks again. Hope to catch you in the next one. Take care.